0: Thank you. So, this is our lighting for today, perhaps, so uh, you, know, you don't get to see my shiny face quite as well. You're welcome. We don't know if it's storm related or whatever it is. How many of you still do not have electricity? We have a couple of families in our church. The James is over here, poor James. We feel sorry for them, invite them to lunch. Uh, and who else? Miss Judy still does not have electricity. Cowdens, do the Cowdens get it, we know? I think the Cowdens still do not have electricity. Strange times, right? We had dry weather for a long time, now we're having a lot of wet weather. With that in mind, we're still planning on doing the 4th of July celebration tonight with fireworks and uh, so if you, uh, it's going to be all weather driven, you understand? We can't change the weather. If it's not raining, we're going to set off fireworks. If it's raining, we're not going to set off fireworks and we'll move it to Tuesday night as best we can. So. Uh, And I don't think it's going to be on the slides. let me go ahead and mention, if you don't already know, Melody's dad went to be with the Lord on Friday, and uh, we are thankful that he's with the Lord and with Mom, and that suffering is done, and we rejoice with that. He was 93 years old, uh, so we thought about trying to have the funeral on the 4th of July, but when we found out how much they want to charge you to do that on the 4th of July, we figured Dad would literally rise up and... So we thought we shouldn't do that, and so uh, we are going to move, we're going to have dad service on Wednesday night. Uh, we are going to still do the morning service, Wednesday morning, like normal, but Wednesday night here uh, will be uh, 6 o'clock visitation and 7 o'clock the service. It will be a preaching service, so uh, you're, you're welcome to just attend like normal, and uh, that means, though, that all of the things that happen on Wednesdays, like youth group and Kids Club and everything else will not be happening that night, all right? So uh, just to kind of pull everything this direction and not have uh, a lot of different things happening. So um, we appreciate your willingness to bend with that. Dad was pastor here for 15 years, and uh, they really wanted to do a Sunday night like we did for Mom, but it just wasn't working in the timing. That's the Lord's timing. We take that, and uh, so we do Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Let's see what else we have in the way of announcements. Are we, is that part of it working and not So here are the announcements. Welcome. <laughs> no, we have some other stuff going on Tuesday night for teens. This is uh happening this Tuesday still it's 4th of July we'll still have TNT. Those who want to go to 4th of July festivities, uh it ends at 8:30, so you'll still be able to make it to all of your 4th of July festivities. Uh if you're visiting for the first time, please stop by the welcome center and let us uh welcome you officially. We'll give you a guest and uh If you're visiting online for the first time, let us know you're out there, spdnd.org slash connect, connect, contact, contact, and uh, that'll let us know that you're out there. Uh, We're thriving in service. We're seeking for teachers and co-teachers in all of our children's ministries, including Sunday school and junior church. Uh, We're really trying to get to the place where we're not overburdening anyone, and when we have somebody who's not going to be there, we have somebody to step in. And it's just safe to have uh, two adults in every room so that uh, we can make sure that if a kid needs to go to the restroom or something like that, uh, that they're cared for. So see Pastor Brett or Rob Williams for uh, more information on that. That's for Sunday School, Children's Church. Any volunteers, we're seeking you out. Uh, So let us know uh, if you're out there and would be willing to do that. And then uh, Rent-a-Teen, Rat Patrol. Uh, Rat Patrol is bad because when you have to explain it, You know this this younger generation they have no idea what rat patrol is probably when I say younger generation I'm talking about anybody 40 and lower uh, doesn't know what rat patrol is but anyway uh, that was a great old show back in the day but anyway see Pastor Andrew if you're interested in helping the kids earn money to go to camp they can come to your house do some odd jobs and then you would uh, you know help them out hire a team is what it is so uh, rent a team and Tubers versus, we already talked about uh, TNT, Tubers versus grammars. we've got uh, another TNT started off uh, off the ground in Philadelphia, no, Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania uh, this last week. So Josh and Mia started a, a TNT up, and we're excited to see what the Lord's going to do there as well. That gives us four of them around the country, so we're excited about that. And our Missionary of the Week are the Fitzsimmons with the uh, Carpenters project. Says this: It says, uh, last month Rodney traveled to the Philippines by air, land, and sea to preach in four different churches on the island of mazbate I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he visited Melvin, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and his wife, who started Christian Bible Baptist Church uh, in Mandeon three years ago. Uh, Pastor Melvin is supported through the Timothy Project. Rodney preached at their special conference to celebrate this church's anniversary. It was a blessing to hear that six new believers followed the Lord in baptism in May. How thrilling it is to see the the church's devotion to the work and the sacrifices they are making for the ministry. And it is exciting when the Lord's doing a work, not just here, but around the globe. Isn't that exciting? And that should be it. Let's have the men come and we'll take up the morning offering and have a word of prayer and get started. If the lights happen to flicker around a little bit during the service, you'll know just to ignore them, right? And uh, we'll just keep on worshiping. Brother Dan, would you ask God's blessing on the offering and on the service today?
1: Father, we thank you so much for this day that you've given us to come worship you. We thank you for the blessings you continually give us. We thank you for the nourishment of the earth this week. I pray you'll accept these tithes and offerings and use them for your good works. In God's name, amen.
2: honored the Word of God. And we'll see that in the songs that we sing today and how they were written and what they talk about. So let's stand and we'll begin by repeating the Pledge of Allegiance. Attention, salute,
3: pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic
2: remain standing to sing the Star Spangled Banner.
1: is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers, and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word this morning. You may be seated.
2: If you want to grab your hymnals, it's 783, and we'll sing together the battle hymn of the Republic.
3: Mine eyes have seen the glory of the time. i
2: I don't think that's what they intended when they wrote that song, right? What were those guys doing out there for our country when this song was written? They were dying. And they were dying for our freedom. And they were committed to that. They weren't, they weren't going to give up, and they didn't. And they secured the freedom for us. Glory to God. And they were singing these songs because his truth is marching on. And that's what they went. That's what they were living for. Back in the day in the country when the revolution was happening. They were standing on the word of God. All right, so let's uh stand we'll sing together. My country is. My
3: Motto is
2: In God We Trust. When the president is sworn in, he lays his hand on the Word of God as he recites. And our country is founded on this Word of God. And now, this last song is a modern song, but it talks about In God We Trust. And it's a motto of our nation. Let's join as we sing together.
3: we pray. Tis of the sweet land of liberty, of the I sing. To Thee, author of liberty, to Thee we sing. Long may our land be bright with freedom's holy light. Protect us by Thy might good
0: No, Pastor, I have a, he does photography, he says, I have a, it's your call, but I have a little spotlight I can put back there and we'll light you up. And uh, I figured that this is probably the best I've looked in a long time.
3: <laughs>
0: we better just leave it alone, right? We're going to be in Psalms, in the book of the Psalms, and we're going to be in Psalm 145. You can turn there, and we've been singing about our country, but I'm not necessarily preaching on that theme today, just so you know. But I love, I love our country. I love our country in spite of uh, where we are in our country right now, right? It's frustrating, and it's, it's not what we grew up with, and uh, it's not what we hope for our kids and our grandkids, and it's still the best place on the planet to live. That's what's amazing about it. So uh, it's just wonderful. Those of you who know uh, the Felber family, Mark Felber is uh, celebrating, and we'll be going this, I'll be going this afternoon. Uh, Lord willing, to uh, help them out celebrating 40 years as the pastor at Victory Baptist Church down in Whiteland, or New Whiteland. So uh, 40 years, that's wonderful. So 2 o'clock this afternoon, you're welcome. If you didn't know about it, you want to go, just go. It's 2 o'clock this afternoon, help them celebrate that uh, down there at at the church. An exciting time for us. I'm the uh, president of the IFBF, so we're making a presentation. So you'll actually see me on stage if you're there, but uh, whatever, it's no big deal. So it's just a great time. So if I use the word enamored, if I use the word obsessed, things come to mind, right? If you're enamored by something, if you're, you know, children get enamored by something, right? They get their eyes on something and they just can't, can't get their eyes off of. they're enamored by it. And you know what it is. What is it that kids are enamored by today? Anything with a screen, Thank you, Miss Joyce, pointing at your phone. Anything with a screen. Right? It, it's the strangest thing you've ever seen. Walk a, walk a one-year-old into a room, and it can be a room full of all kinds of different things, but if there's a screen with a picture going on it, that's where their eyes go. And it doesn't matter if it's like a boring, you know, documentary. I like documentaries, but some people think they're boring. It doesn't matter what it is. The screen is like, it's a magnet to them. It's amazing. They get enamored by it. Uh, if we become obsessed, some people are obsessed by certain things, right? Some people are obsessed by sports, and like, that's just their thing, and that's everything. They, uh, we had a teenager one time, we're going we're going to uh, camp, and we're encouraging the kids to memorize the verses that they give them at camp, right? They, they have these verses, packet of verses, and they get points to their team, they memorize them and that kind of stuff. And this kid says to me, Pastor John, I, I just... I just can't do it. I'm not, I can't memorize. I can't memorize. Okay, I'm trying to help him walk through how to, you know, steps for memorization, that kind of stuff. And then we stop at, like we would, we got, you know, kids in a bus, and so we stop to get something to drink and whatever. And he buys this cup, a plastic cup, and it's, a, it's, it's got the, all of the NASCAR races and the winners of the races for the last, you know, however many years they've been doing it. I don't know. They're all listed there, right? And so we're kind of just talking through still about how to memorize, and somehow as he's having this conversation, somebody's back there reading their cup, and he and they said so and so won this year, and this kid speaks up and says, no, they didn't. So and so won that year. Oh, and so they they look on the cup. Sure enough, he was right. And what we did, we started playing this game. We took the cup, and you give him a year, he's going to tell you the winner. You give him the winner, he'll tell you what year's that winner won. It's amazing how much he was able to remember about NASCAR, but Pastor John, I, I can't memorize Scripture. Do you see what the problem is there? There's an obsession with one thing that was driving him... A, not, against, not against NASCAR, right? Don't, this is not a message about NASCAR. It's just, this is, he, he was able to remember the things that he was obsessed about, Those drove his interest, and he was able to recall those, and he had no problems with taking the time and the effort to put those to memory. But when it came to the Bible, he just could not seem to figure out how to memorize a verse of Scripture. People get enamored with certain things. Some people are enamored with politics, right? Right? I mean, you know, in fact, you know, because here's what you do, you avoid them. (laughs) Uh, Every time you start a conversation with them, somehow, the conversation from the grocery store turns to politics, right, the conversation, why? Because that's, they're they're just obsessed by it. They just, they can't seem to get enough of it, Uh, you know, whatever it might happen to be. I'm not against uh, any of these things. It's just our conversation here, right? Well, here in Psalm 145, listen to the small title that the Bible gives to this psalm, Psalm 145. It says, David's Psalm of Praise. You know, the Bible, the Bible gives David a very unique title. You know what it is. What is the unique title that David gives him, or that God gives to David? A man after my own heart. A man. Not that David was perfect. Not that David did everything right, but David seemingly had an obsession. Read the Psalms. David had an obsession. He just could not get enough of the Lord. And it just was something that David sang about, he wrote about, he spoke about. Uh, you know, this was, this was David's heart. Again, he wasn't perfect. It wasn't the only thing he ever talked about, the only thing he ever did. It's just that... He was enamored by the Lord. And here, the Bible gives this title to this psalm. This is David's psalm of praise. He took the time to to write a psalm of praise. And we're going to walk ourselves through this today and see if we would pass that obsession test. Let's pray. Father, help us today to focus so on you with our hearts and minds and lives that people wonder if we're obsessed. God, causes us to be enamored by you today. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David, in the first seven verses, goes through and says, because, I'm adding this, because I am obsessed, because I am enamored by the God of heaven, David goes through a series of I wills. This is what I'm willing to do because I just can't seem to get God off my mind I can't seem to get God out of my conscientious thought. I can't seem to to get God away from my everyday. This is David. He is enamored by God. And because of that, he's willing to do some things. Look at verse 1. I will extol thee, my God, O King. I will bless thy name forever. What does it mean to extol? What does it mean to extol? Praise. I will lift you up I'm going to set you up high. God, I'm going to raise you up in my life so that before all of these other obsessions that I'm tempted to be drawn to, I'm going to make you first. I'm going to raise you up. Because once I see you high and lifted up, everything changes. So I'm going to raise God up. Uh, I was preaching through Isaiah chapter 6 one time when we got to that passage, and I saw the Lord high and lifted up. and, and, And I asked this question, is it possible to raise God too high? I actually had somebody in the church say yes and argued with me about it after the service. Uh, No. I'm glad to hear most of you caught that one, right? It is not possible to ever lift God higher than he deserves. In fact, it is always likely that we are not lifting God high enough, not the other way around. David starts this, because I am so obsessed with this God of ours, I'm going to lift him up. So that when I go to make a decision, I consider God first and foremost. So that when I go to make a purchase, a large purchase, I'm going to consider God first and foremost. When I'm dealing with my finances, when I'm dealing with my marriage, whatever, God is lifted up. I'm going to extol the Lord. I'm going to raise Him up, praise Him. He is going to be first on the list. David was obsessed by God. Not perfect. In fact, he did a lot of things that we shocked by. And yet God said David was a man after God's own heart. A murderer, an adulterer, one who was a glory seeker at one point when he's trying to number the people. And yet, because David's constant comeback whenever he is, when he is brought down for these things and he is, he is uh, confronted by them, his consistent thing is, I should have considered God first. God, please forgive me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. Have mercy upon me, O God. David's heart was after God. He was obsessed with God. So he lifted God up. Look at verse 2. Every day will I bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. In verse 1, he says, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Verse 2, he says, I will praise thy name forever. Every day will I bless thee. Now, as opposed to what? If we're not blessing God... What are we likely doing? Say it again? Cursing, perhaps. Literally cursing like, God, you, how dare you do this, allow this, whatever. We might be whining, griping, and complaining, but to bless God is to praise God. And David says every day, not, not on Sunday, not on the days that the weather works out the way I liked it, not on the days when the traffic worked out the way I liked it, not on the days when everybody seems to know how to use a roundabout, but every day I'm going to praise my God. David was obsessed with God. David could not, could not seemingly talk enough, sing enough, speak enough about God. He, he was just obsessed with God. So that every day, Christian, do we pass this test? Have we, has God become such a such a part of our being that it is an everyday affair with God. That so every day we're, bringing, we're lifting God up. That every day we're praising Him. Every day we are, we are blessing Him and, and, and telling Him how much we appreciate what He is doing. Every day. Verse 3 says, Great is the Lord and great needs to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. Verse 4, One generation shall praise thy works to another. And shall declare thy mighty acts. And this is where David saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to declare the works of God to one generation to another. Verse 5, he goes on to say, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And see, David knew something about the wondrous works of God. Right? David is the one that wrote, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. That was David. David understood how glorious God is, and he says, I'm going to speak of these things. I'm going to constantly be reminding myself and other people just how great this God of ours is. We, we're tempted to look at, the, at society and look at the politics and, look, and say, God, why aren't you doing something? Right? We somehow all of a sudden think that God's greatness has slipped a little bit. Not David. No, no, not David. You know what David says? Every day I'm going to praise you. I'm gonna lift you up. I'm gonna speak of your glorious honor, of your majesty, of your wondrous works. I'm gonna let everybody know just how good God is. So that when when my grandson is born, God is good. And when my father in law is taken to heaven, God is good. Let's talk about the greatness of this God of ours. Let's tell everybody just how good God is. David is obsessed with this. He wrote an entire book, practically. I know he didn't write all the songs, but you know he just wrote song after song after song, just telling again and again and again of the greatness of this God of ours. So much so that God looked at David and said, there's a man after my own heart. David was obsessed. David was enamored by God. He couldn't get enough of him. Whereas the average Christian sits in church and half an hour in, David couldn't get enough of God. David just wanted more and more and more. Again, he's not perfect. I know that. He's like us. But he was obsessed by God. Verse 6. And men shall speak of thy of the might of thy terrible acts. And terrible doesn't mean like bad. It means like powerful, almighty acts. And I will declare thy greatness. Somebody tell me something great about God. Declare God's greatness with me. Somebody tell me something great about God. He answers prayer. That is a great do we believe this, by the way, about God? Do we believe that God answers prayer? So much so that before we look at the checkbook, we look at the Lord to see if the answer's there. So much so that before we go to the doctor, we go to the Lord to see if the answer's there. Because we have a great God who answers prayer. Do we believe this? Let's talk about the glory. Tell me another great thing about our God. He'll never leave us. He forgives us. That's what you're going to say. He he never leaves us. This is a great thing about God. By the way, do human beings ever leave us? I'm I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not saying like they leave. I'm talking about where they leave us like uh, we don't want to be, we don't want to fellowship with you anymore, right? It's one thing to say, I'm going to go move across town. That's not leaving. You know, that's just simply moving. But when we leave, it's like I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. That's a problem. You know what God never does? He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Ever. Ever. You know what God does? He is consistent to forgive us. So that when, if we have done something horrible like David, we say, Have mercy upon me, O God, and find a God who is merciful. Because we know that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. Give me one more thing. What's another great thing about God? He loves us. He's a shield. It's the Holy Spirit. Wow. Okay. Keep going. So this God of ours, what a great, we could do this all day long, but we don't. You know why? Because we've not not yet reached that point of being enamored with God. For God is what it's all about. Now, I'm not suggesting that we can't talk about other things. Did David talk about other things? Sure. I'm not suggesting that you still can't have your talk about NASCAR and politics. Go for it. But put God in the middle of all of it. We have this God who is worthy to be praised. And David seemingly has this enamored concept of God where he just can't seem to get enough of him. He can't take his eyes off of him. This is this, this, is this David of ours. It says, uh, verse uh, 6, I'm sorry, verse 7, They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. This is what God wants us to... By the way, we were talking about this in our Sunday school class. Our son class is studying peace right now, how to become a peacemaker. And the idea is that if we're going to become a peacemaker, we have to learn some things about God. And one of the things we have to know about God is that God is good. Because how can I have peace if I don't believe that God is good? If I don't believe that God is going to actually do what is good for me, for my family, for my country, whatever, fill in the blank, then how can I have peace that passes all understanding? Do we believe that God is good? And do we believe that God has great goodness? David, David says, I'm going I'm to utter the memory of your great goodness. Constantly tell people, you know, you know what? God is always being good. But there are standout moments, right? I mean, God is being good to me right now. He's being good to you, the likes of them. Okay, praise the Lord. Being good to you, see, that's the goodness of God. But there are standout moments, right? Like, I remember when I met my wife. I didn't know she was going to be my wife then, but I remember it. We were roller skating... I'd already known her, but I met her in the context of the potential future maids, right? That was a good moment. And then she said yes to going out on a date. Then she said yes to marrying me. And then she actually did it. And uh, wow, I mean, God is good. And then God brought us J.D., and then God brought us Mia. God is good. And and then God brought J.D. Abby, and God brought Mia Josh, and God is good. And then God brought... Peyton, and God is good. Wow. Those are standout moments. God brought me here. And I remember thinking, why, God, did you punish me like this? I'm being honest with you. We were out in the middle of nowhere, 15 people. And it's like, why am I being punished? What did I do? Little did I know how good God was being to this preacher. You understand? Because God is good. And I want to constantly remind people the memory of the great goodness of God. So if God's not doing something good right now that you can share with your kids, then tell them about something God did before. Recall the memory of God's great goodness. Because that's the kind of God. David was enamored. He was enamored. Listen, because, because God, I'm enamored with God and obsessed with God. Here's what I know. And here's what I believe. Now here's the question. David's going to get into this. Do we believe these things? Because that's going to allow me to increase. My obsession of God. Take a look at verse 8. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, of great mercy. Do you believe that's the God that we have? So, uh, you know, I mean, I've had the, the opportunity to experience all of those when God was gracious. That's every day of my life, just like it is every day of yours, right? We're breathing, we're living, here we are. He's full of compassion. He loves me in ways I can't understand and can't comprehend. But these last two things are unique. Can you remember a time in your life when God, when you're thankful that God is slow to anger? Have you ever deserved the backhand of God and gotten his mercy? Do you know what made David obsessed with God? Because he knew God to be slow to anger. And full of mercy. That's the God he knew. Once we know God in this unique way, and once we believe this, so we, we firmly believe this about God, it allows us to move forward in very unique ways. David became obsessed with God, and his, his obsession grew when David blew it big time, and God said, You're not going to die, David. In fact, David. I'm going to make your kingdom a never-ending kingdom, David. Wow. Because God is slow to anger and full of mercy. And David knew that about God, and it drew him even more so into this God of ours. And you and I need, you know, again, we need to reflect on these things. It's not easy to share these things, right? It's not easy to tell your kids, well, here, let me tell you how I know God's slow to anger. It's not easy to tell those stories. We like to forget. We don't want our kids to think lowly of us, right? We're dads. We want to we be up on that pedestal, and we don't want them to think lowly of us. And But, you know, they're not blind. They can see our warts already, and it's okay for us to share how God was slow to anger and great in mercy so that when your pastor got arrested as a youth pastor... God didn't take me out of the ministry and just set me aside. Because God is a slow to anger, full of mercy, God. It's just to alleviate your hearts and mind. It was all about speeding tickets, so it wasn't like you know, but still, it was I genuinely was a youth pastor who got arrested, and honestly, I'm thinking to myself, I'm done. It's over. How can God take something like that? And not just set me aside. How could could that happen? And yet, that's exactly what God does in his great mercy. He goes on to say, verse 9, the Lord is good. Notice the last two words of that phrase. The Lord is good to all. Because some of you are probably tempted to say, you know, Pastor, you're right. He's good to you. He's good to you, Pastor. But look at me. Here's what the Bible says. Do you believe this? David believed it. He acted upon it. David was so focused on God, he was able to see this aspect of God, that God is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all of it. Everything that God does is through his tender mercies. They're over all of his works. Every time God allows something in your life, it's through his tender mercies. Every time God takes something away, it's through his tender mercies. Because all of his works are overshadowed by his tender mercies. That's the God that we have. David began to see this. He became enamored with God. He became obsessed with God. All thy works, verse 10, shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts, the glorious majesty of his kingdom. This is twice now, he said. In verse 4, he said, one generation shall praise thy works to another. And now in verse 12, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. You know why God does these things for us? You know why God shows himself to be strong? Why God is merciful when we don't deserve it? So that we can say to our kids and to our grandkids, let me show you the, the mercy of God. And we can share that so that our grandkids... See, we started here, and God grows up to here, and our grandkids start here. See how this works? Because we're able to share what we've learned. And God says, let me, let me, uh, let's go this from generation to generation. God has mentioned that twice. Verse 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall. Circle that word all again. He's good to everybody. He upholds everybody. He raises up all. Circle that word. Those that be bowed down. Do we believe this about God? See, not everybody knows this stuff. You know how David knew it? Because every day he was thinking about God. Because every day he was praising God. Because he allowed God to come into his conscious thought in every aspect of his life. He wasn't perfect. He messed up big time. But he was a man after God's own heart. He was was enamored by God. He just couldn't get enough of him. Couldn't get enough of him. You know, it, for some of you, you'd have to liken it to video games. You can't get enough of them. So much so that it's like 2:30 in the morning, and you're like, I know I'm about to fall asleep, but I gotta finish this. I gotta, gotta. Uh, uh. David became that after God. I, I just can't get enough of him. And it, it's, it's what a blessing it is when David says, God upholds everybody that falls, and He raises up all those that are bowed down. Verse 15: The eyes of all that wait upon Thee. Uh, of all the weight upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. God provides for us every time we need it. Thou openest thine hand; I love this, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. Every living thing is taken care of by God. So the Bible says, "Thou open," um, verse seventeen. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways, holy in all of his works. The Lord is nigh to them that call upon him and all that call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of them that... Wow. Read that again. He will fulfill the what? He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. Wow. Wait a minute. That's an incredible statement. I thought God fulfilled his desires through us. He does. And, you know what his desire is? To fulfill our desires when our desires are in line with him. When we fear him, when we're, living for, when we're obsessed by God, it is so easy for God. David said in Psalm 34, he said, uh, you know, he shall give thee the desire of thine heart. Right? The desire of thine heart. That's what God wants to do. God's great desire. God's a father. He loves his kids. You know when your kids say, Daddy, can we ever go to Disney World? And you're looking at your checkbook and thinking, I don't think so. But you start saving. Because you know what your desire is as a dad? To give them the desire of their heart. That's your desire. And that's God's desire for us. He desires to give us the desire of our heart. And he's willing to do it. He will also hear their cry and will save them. Somebody's having a fun time. It's one of those mornings, isn't it great? Verse 20, it says, The Lord preserveth all them that love him, and all the wicked will he destroy. So here it is. David says, Because I'm enamored after you, God, because I'm obsessed by you, I will, and he starts in those first seven verses, this is what I'll do, this is what I'll do, this is what I'll do, this is what I'll do. And because I've become obsessed with you, I've learned some things about you, God, and he starts this list of all the things that he's learned about God. And then he gets to verse 14, or I'm sorry, verse 21. And he gives that famous passage, right? My mouth shall speak praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. This is how we get to this point. How do you become a man after God's own heart? We need to become enamored with God, enamored with with this Savior of ours more so then with politics and sports and cars and and video games. I'm not against any of those things. I'm not preaching against them. This is about God. Our obsession ought to be about Him first. And the song says, And the things of this world will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace All of a sudden other things mean less because God means more. Heads bowed eyes closed, please. Are we enamored with God? Does God find his way into our daily life? Does God find his way into our thinking about other things? Or are we just that Sunday morning kind of Christian who You know, a couple hours a week we give God His due. We're missing so much about this God of ours and so much about the life that He wants us to live. This God of ours wants to give us the desire of our heart. But that only comes as we work ourselves through this passage and come to that place where we fear the Lord because we're obsessed, we're enamored by His glory, by His grace by his mercy, by his love, by his compassion, by his tender mercies. We're enamored by them. Can't get enough of them. Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian. That's not an issue. But, Pastor, I'm living my life obsessed and enamored by other things that are leaving me empty and hollow. And, Pastor, I, I need to follow after David. and I, I need to just become engrossed in the things of God. Pastor, I want, I want to be obsessed with this great God of ours, so much so that I begin to talk about him and to sing about him and to think about him, and he becomes daily instead of once a week or twice a week. Pastor, God has spoken in my heart and challenged me. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Hands across the place. Thank you. Father, make us observant servants of you. God, give us a heart for the things of you. May, like David, you be able to see in us people who are after your own heart. Forgive me, God, when other things distract me away from you. May daily and regularly my heart, my mind, be turned to you. Remind us of your goodness, of your greatness, of your slowness to anger, of your great mercy. And give us opportunity to share it with our friends and families, even this week, that we might exalt you, extol you, and lift you up. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. I have decided to follow Jesus. The altar is open to you. If you need to step out and do business with the Lord, you let him have his way. Would you as we sing together?
3: I have decided.
0: Let's sing the second verse, the world behind
3: me. The
0: you so much for your kind attention. If you didn't already know this as well, uh, Dr. Bob Robinson's sister went to be with the Lord. Uh, What's her first name, Brother Bob? No, Stutzman. Joy. Joy Stutzman. Victory Baptist. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just, yeah, she went to Victory Baptist, which is where I'm heading this afternoon. So um, just pray for the Stutzman and Robinson family. And, uh, you know, I know she wasn't My my father-in-law is 93. You know, there's an expectation that's not the same with Miss Joy. So uh, just pray for the family as they're uh, dealing with some of those things as well. And uh, don't forget to lift up the Lord this week. Find somebody on your way out, all right? Don't just talk about the weather and don't just talk about, wow, it's good to be leaving. But instead, tell somebody about how you saw God's greatness this week in your life. That'd be great, wouldn't it be? Any other announcements I'm supposed to be making? Six o'clock tonight, one of our interns will be preaching for us, so if you pray for Drew, he, I'm sure he's not nervous at all, but he'll be preaching tonight for us, looking forward to that, and then we'll follow that up with, uh, assuming the weather's good, with hamburgers and hot dogs, if you bring some stuff to go along with that, sure church have hamburgers and hot dogs and drinks. If that's all we have, then we have hamburgers and hot dogs and drinks, uh, whatever else you bring for us to enjoy with it, uh, and you can hang around here and play games and just fellowship until it gets dark which is about 9.15, 9.30, right, before it gets dark enough to actually do fireworks. And then if the Lord's given us the weather for it, we'll set off some fireworks. I'm going to tell you, you can believe me or not, we do a pretty good show around here. We really do. If you've ever seen one of our fireworks shows, you know. And if not, then let me just lure you in a little bit because I'm going to tell you, 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 this is just, you're just going to love it, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, that'll be tonight after the evening service. Anything else we're supposed to announce? Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You're dis-